The defense ministry plans to beef up military training for men during their four-month mandatory service period. It intends to bolster training in urban warfare and to give conscripts more experience firing life rounds. The plan is part of the push to strengthen Taiwan's reserves, and it was sent to lawmakers on Wednesday. The armed squad makes its way forward, sights trained on targets. As the soldiers pass through the building, they fire to keep back the enemy. Soldiers deploy from a helicopter and rush inside to join ground troops. With Taiwan's population concentrated in urban areas, cities could become the front line of Chinese troops' land. On Wednesday, the Ministry of National Defense sent lawmakers a report on planned reforms to military training. In the future, men serving their four months of mandatory service will receive additional training in urban warfare. Among other new requirements, they will have to fire 262 live rounds, complete a march of 20 kilometers, and undergo more physical combat training. I think urban warfare training is a must. We've only been taught how to fire while lying down. It's almost as if we were stuck in World War II in the trenches. In the fitness test, the whole line of troops is told to move together across a grass field. But that's clearly not what a real battle would be like. Making the march longer or raising the number of bullets from 88 to more than 200, I think it's all quite necessary. After completing the refresher course, I couldn't really understand what the defense ministry wanted us back for. I hope that if I get called up again for refresher training, I could learn about this so-called urban warfare, or more importantly, survival skills on a battlefield. Conscripts, past and present, profess support for changes to the training regime. The Ministry of National Defense plans to combine the resources of its military training, refresher training and reserve management programs while making urban warfare skills the top priority. This can provide conscripts with practical battle-like experience familiarizing them with weapon systems like firearms and other weaponry they may have to use. They'll be drilled in battle-like scenarios involving situations specific to Taiwan and new battle strategies. It would get conscripts truly acquainted with a battle environment so that they can try out some newer weapons, for instance drones and so on. With the nature of warfare changing fast, Taiwan is rushing to get its reserve force up to speed. And now, an espionage case involving retired officers from Taiwan's Military Intelligence Bureau. Taipei authorities say that they're investigating three retired MIB officers for passing confidential information to China. Two of the suspects were questioned late Tuesday before being released on bail of 150,000 NT each. On Wednesday, a Taipei court granted prosecutors' request to further detain the third suspect, Colonel Zhang Chaoran, on grounds that he was a flight risk. The suspect has maintained his innocence. While he was being escorted into the Taipei District Prosecutor's Office, Zhang told reporters that the allegations against him were slander. He said he had been Taiwan's first spy to China, serving during the 1989 Tiananmen Square protests. But according to prosecutors, there is evidence indicating his involvement in passing secrets to China and seeking to recruit Taiwan officers for Chinese-directed operations. 
The government is working on promoting sustainable transport via electric scooters. By 2030, it hopes to have 35% of all Taiwan scooter sales be for electric ones. On Wednesday, top officials, including Vice Premier Shen Rongjing, joined scooter industry leaders at a Taipei forum to explore ways of reaching green targets. FTV News anchor Crystal Liu hosted the first edition of a Taipei Forum on Smart Mobility, which saw top officials, including the Vice Premier and Economics Minister. With global trends shifting towards sustainability, the forum explored the smart mobile industry from four angles city governance, economic development, industrial upgrading, and public health. 2020 has been a year of huge changes, which have had a great impact on every single industry. The changes include the five Ds, deglobalization, digitalization, debureaucratization, discarding weakness to keep strengths, and decarbonization. With regard to the last one on reducing carbon emissions, there have been developments accelerating the global adoption of electric vehicles. Taiwan must keep pace with this international trend. For our part, we in the industry will throw ourselves behind the government's policies and serve as a bedrock of support. By the year 2030, the government aims to have 35% of all new scooter sales be of electric vehicles. As part of that goal, it's aiming for 1 million electric scooter sales by 2024. It's also working toward targets for carbon reduction. This year in July, the Executive Yuan finalized a smart transport plan for the years 2021 to 2024. This plan calls for consolidating resources across ministries to realize a vision for smart transport and smart living. Industry experts discussed the future of electric scooters, expressing support for continued progress towards sustainability targets. A new study by doctors at Linko Changa Memorial Hospital shows that a form of sudden cardiac arrest can often have a hereditary cause. Aortic dissection is frequently a fatal condition, but is hard to detect early. Doctors found that your risk is much higher if you have a family history. They urge people in that high-risk group to consult a doctor without delay. Much-loved singer and actor Alien Huang passed away in September, leaving family, friends and fans in shock. Doctors believe he suffered from an aortic dissection, a kind of cardiac arrest. It causes severe chest pains that are like a stabbing feeling and is fatal for half of all patients. It is rarely detected early enough to be treated well. Doctors at Linko Tango Memorial Hospital now say there are hereditary factors to the disease. Normally, in the most typical cases, it causes severe chest pains that go right through to the back. Patients often describe it as the most painful sensation they've ever experienced. Then we looked at whether a family history of the disease can increase the rate of occurrence, and we found it clearly does. Changgang doctors examined national health insurance data from more than 20,000 patients. They found that having someone in your direct line who suffered an aortic dissection multiplied the risk to you almost sevenfold. It also increased the likelihood of needing surgery, as well as making it more likely you'd be hit earlier in life. Most patients are killed very quickly. It's not easy to notice symptoms and come in for preventative treatment. If you know you're in the high-risk group, we suggest you first consult a specialist doctor. Some hereditary syndromes are obvious to many patients, like MFS or Marfan syndrome. Your arms and legs are long. They can tell immediately.
The findings indicate 57% of aortic dissections have a hereditary element, while 43% seem to have environmental causes. They've been published in the Journal of American Heart Association. Doctors urge those with a family history of the disease to seek treatment, especially by lowering blood pressure and giving up smoking. Taiwan reported one more imported COVID infection on Wednesday, a 10-year-old boy from Indonesia. This brings Taiwan's total number of cases to 544 since the start of the outbreak. Also on Wednesday, the Central Epidemic Command Center said Japan had reported three positives in people who traveled from Taiwan to Japan, including one infant. The infant isn't even one year old. His parents have worked in Japan for a long time. He returned to Taiwan with his parents in January. The family decided to move back to Japan, so they paid for a test on October 10th. The results were negative. From their arrival in Japan on October 12th to now, he has not presented any symptoms. At the airport, an asopharyngeal sample was collected. That came out positive for antibodies so he was taken to hospital for treatment. His parents haven't presented any symptoms and have both tested negative. The infant is very young, so his main contacts are his parents. The other Taiwan cases reported from Japan are a woman in her 30s and a one-year-old boy. So far, test results for their contacts in Taiwan have been negative. Printed circuit board makers say they see a bright year ahead for their industry. At a Taipei conference for PCB, vendors reported strong earnings despite the pandemic. In the first half of the year, PCB output value rose by 3.4 percent year-on-year, fueled by demand for 5G infrastructure and remote communications. Vendors say they expect positive growth over the course of next year. The International Microsystems Packaging Assembly and Circuits Technology Conference kicked off in Taipei on Wednesday. For the first time, it was a five-in-one showcase of a complete industrial chain for electronics manufacturing. One highlight was 5G smart manufacturing solutions. When it moves toward a dead angle, it stops. In an environment with 5G coverage, the 5G signal supports safer operation of automated guided vehicles. Under the pull of the pandemic, Taiwan's PCB production dipped in the first half of the year. Even so, Taiwan firms had a strong year, fueled by demand for 5G towers and remote communications. Compared to the same period last year, PCB output value grew 3.4%. We have an optimistic forecast that annual output will reach 672.1 billion NT. That's growth of 1.5%. I think that we can be optimistic for next year. Industry leaders have a rosy forecast, even with the rising Taiwan dollar expected to weigh on exports and corporate revenue. There has been some impact from the exchange rate. But looking at our bottom line, even with the NT at around 29 to the greenback, if we compare ourselves to our performance last year, we're growing, not declining. This year, capital expenditures in Taiwan's PCB industry exceeded 100 billion NT. Besides replacing old equipment and rolling out smart upgrades, firms have introduced new high-end production processes that are giving Taiwan a leading edge. This broad industry shift is expected to drive massive business opportunities for related suppliers. 
Greenpeace Taiwan has released its latest report on the progress businesses are making toward reducing plastic waste. It evaluated nine grocery stores and convenience stores, and all nine failed the assessment. Greenpeace said the main reason for failing was a lack of transparency regarding their plastic usage. Taiwan is known for its beautiful oceans. However, according to Taiwan's Ocean Conservancy statistics, at any time in the past five years, more than 100 pieces of food packaging waste could be found per kilometer of coastline. Food wrappers have become the most common item found during coastal cleanup. Greenpeace Taiwan has released a report that evaluates businesses on four criteria plastic reduction, information transparency, innovative initiatives, and cutback actions. It looked at RT Mart, Costco, Family Mart, PX Mart, Simple Mart, Carefor, 7-Eleven, Welcome, and A-Mart. According to Greenpeace, none of the nine companies scored more than 30 points out of a total of 100. Uh, we will uh, we use the uh, survey to send to all the nine retailers and we will uh, collect their feedbacks and at the same time we will collect other information from public source. We'll also communicate with them and try to get more information. Uh, we tried very hard, but we see that our retailers only gave limited information, including those uh, how much plastic they use. They only disclose half of their use or fewer. According to Greenpeace, only five companies were willing to reveal the amount of plastic they used for their private label products. These companies reported using a total of 12,700 133 tons of plastic for fresh food and 2.2 billion plastic items in 2019. However, Greenpeace's independent investigation found that PX Mart and 7-Eleven alone generated over 38,158 tons of plastic waste in Taipei and Kaohsiung. They need to very honest disclose how much they use they use right now and use the better way to deal with them. Really not rely on those alternatives, but re really go to refill or reuse to make sure our uh, Taiwan will go to zero waste society. In addition, Greenpeace found that Taiwan companies were touting their use of PLA materials as one way of reaching plastic reduction goals. But because Taiwan has no recycling system for PLA materials, their environment toll is no less than that of traditional plastic. They use alternative packaging materials to replace traditional plastic, but we see there are a lot of problems there. For example, right now in Taiwan, our recycling facility cannot uh, deal with those new materials. So if those packaging uh, leak to our oceans, to the environment, the problem will always the same, not much different from traditional plastic. Greenpeace urges businesses to be transparent in disclosing how much plastic they use. It also urged them to avoid packaging materials that are difficult to recycle. For most of the news, Stephanie Yang, Yan Wenqian in Taipei. An elementary school in Yilan recently underwent a colorful transformation. Over the summer, the school renovated its worn-out sports field and painted it in bold colors. The multicolored sports field has been a hit with both students and locals. A blue running track encircles a colourful athletic space. Inside, the warm yellow and orange contrast with the dark green and grey. With so many colours, the sports field is an eye-catcher in a concrete jungle. The sports field became very pretty. 
fun. It's more colorful. Other schools say our sports field is very pretty now. They say that they want their fields to be like ours. This summer, Luodong Elementary School in Yilan decided to renovate its sports field, which was showing signs of wear and tear. Thanks to a government subsidy of 8 million NT, the field now has a modern polyurethane track and games court with an acrylic surface. Most notably, the entire sports field was painted with bright colours, picked by the school's art faculty. After two months of construction, the school's dream sports field was complete. I feel very accomplished. It's so unique. It's kind of become an attraction. It can be a space for school and community activities. There's a high-rise building next to us, Bo Ai Hospital, about 16 stories high. If you look down from Bo Ai Hospital's inpatient building, you can see the entire sports field. It's like a paint palette. It can be dispiriting to be hospitalized, and the field can be a therapeutic site. For all the community, from students to hospital patients, this sports field is adding a splash of color to everyday life. Let's head now to a traditional Buddhist vegan restaurant in Taipei. Lots of classic meat dishes from across Taiwan and Thailand have been reimagined in the vegan style. From pot krapao to chicken and rice wine, this place has it all. The Thai dish pad krapao is full of flavor, fragrant and delicious. You couldn't guess on sight that the supposed meat is actually tofu. The pad krapao goes nicely in a crispy toast wrap. Ginger, chilies and Mexican turnip are fried. Usually, Chinese basil is the last to hit the pan, but this time it was first and infuses all the ingredients. Next, it's diced tofu stirred to soak up the sauce. The chef turns the heat up high for the last stint before drizzling on lemon juice and chili sauce. We're making Thai cuisine in a Chinese-style way. There aren't many spices. We can't use garlic or spring onion, so we definitely need the basil and ginger for some extra flavor. The restaurant even makes vegetarian beef noodles, serving up six veggies in a tomato-based soup with fresh and dried tomatoes and pre-braised tofu. And on top, it looks like a sprinkle of spring onion, but actually, it's biyusun, which has a similar texture. Biyusun is the stem of the orange daylily. It's like spring onion. Almost all vegetarian chefs use it to replace spring onion. And lastly, a dish of lion's mane mushroom with date plums. The lion's mane has spent a whole day marinating in wine and gets one more dousing before being served. It's as intoxicating as the classic chicken and wine. This spot is the perfect choice for those looking for a Taiwan-Thailand fusion banquet vegetarian style.